Welcome back to Lupin Point, where we try to understand what makes people good at what they do. This week's episode features a digression on horizons and how time plays an important part in outcomes and achievements. How far out should we be planning our careers? What's the difference between a guidepost and a North Star, and how should the two coexist? Overall, the trick to planning might be to plan less, and the trick to timing might be changing your metric of measure. I'm TJ. And I'm Zach. And this is Lupin Point. All right, man. We are... Uh, so we're live. Yeah, we're live. We're recording. Well, How you doing? Doing good. How about you? Oh, my goodness. Just good. Yeah. Glad to be another week into COVID. Feeling great. Another week. This yeah. is probably week 48 mm-hmm. into COVID. Something like that. Too many. <laughs> this is not a particularly hot take, but this COVID thing, yeah. no, 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 not a huge fan. Yeah, yeah no, not a huge fan either. Not a huge fan. But it's, you know, so good. So I was driving over here today. Yeah. and Sorry, quick side note. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. We should do something on, all right, COVID sucks. What good came out of COVID? Yes. <laughs> and again, not not to minimize the awfulness that came to you know many hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of people. I think millions, millions, yeah, yeah. millions of people who were both affected and yeah. then who are you know now dead because of it. Yeah. And that is, to put it bluntly, a day ruiner. Oh yeah. But I think, you know, the shift to it was very much kind of a shift, right? When I think about COVID in terms of like shifting. You know, uh, grocery delivery is super up, right? Yep. Um, work from home, obviously, super up. Yeah. And I think working from home is great. Yeah. You know, working from home enables family time. Mm-hmm. Working from home enables more focus on hobbies and interests. Yeah. Like, I think the perspective of a global pandemic brings the rest of your life into perspective, right? Exactly. And I think. Exactly, you know, and I'm not spending, you know, 30 minutes a day or an hour a day commuting in a car. Yeah. And there's real value to that. And I think it's important to, you know, hopefully we can kind of hang on to some of that. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Reed Hastings at Netflix has said he wants everyone back in the office as soon as he possibly can. Which is crazy for a company like Netflix to take Mm -hmm. that posture. Yeah. Because Netflix was or had to be a massive beneficiary, net beneficiary from COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, right? (laughs) Tiger King became a movement because it was COVID. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember Tiger King COVID. Yeah. and That was a different era of COVID, it felt like. It was, you know, it was crazy how much happened. Yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. Hot take. I didn't think Tiger King was that good. No. It was... There, there's a certain type of like out, you know, it's like the hoarder shows, mm. and I just don't know if there's a. I, I never feel great watching it. Like I was yeah. kind of greasy. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good comparison to the hoarder shows. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Anyway, I, I sidetracked you. Okay. Yes, and so you know, put putting that in our back pocket. But I came over here and I want. I was just thinking about like differing time horizons, and there's a mindset conversation. So you know, I was. <laughs> pull a Zach Nielsen and take it back a step. Yeah. You know, I want to have a mindset conversation with you at a different point. But one kind of tangent on that that I thought was interesting for us to think about here for a little bit would be just time horizons. And so what I mean by that is that 
how long do you think, you know, and how long do you plan and how long do you think about success? Yeah. And so for two companies that do a great job is, you know, Amazon famously, as you pointed out earlier, ran in, you know, had a negative profit. It was losing money for years, right? Yeah. 10, 20 years until it, you know, in essence flipped the switch and then it became a profit machine, yeah. right? And I think a lot about with Netflix, right, where they are able to think about content differently. And so they're, you know, if you spend, I don't know, 10 million or 100 million on Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things, there's still going to be a person who hasn't seen Orange is the New Black. And so yeah. it's still valuable to them today. Yeah. I, I think just to frame this, um, it's probably important to hit on survivorship bias mm-hmm. because Netflix and Amazon, great examples of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but obviously those are the winners. Yeah. There <laughs> is countless companies that neither you nor I can name that tried to run a play that looked like that mm-hmm. and are net losers. Yeah. Right. And, and do, do not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the current experiments that are going on in time horizons and like profitability in the business sense. Mm-hmm. I think Uber's probably a great case study. Mm-hmm. I mean, Uber's like macro business plan is just steal as much market share as they can, mm-hmm. run at a loss basically on every ride until until they own the market. Yes. And then flip the switch. Mm-hmm. And that's like maybe working, maybe not working. I mm-hmm. think it's debatable. Um, but I think it's important to hit on that like there is survivorship bias Mm-hmm. Um, especially in terms of like who we know and who comes to mind. Yeah. With like those long-term mindsets. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, a, there's kind of this idea in marketing where it's very much a customer life cycle. And I think Disney does such a good job where it's like you want to hook them early mm-hmm. with Disney Channel, you know, the stuffed animals about Simba, mm-hmm. and then you want them to be taking their kids to the theme parks and getting all of that money mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. you know, and be a significant portion of that paycheck. Yeah. That's uh, just as another example. So, so it, and where you're trying to go with this, if I can make a guess, mm-hmm. is what's the application to our own lives, right? Like how long... To draw the analogy to something like Amazon, mm-hmm. how long do you run your life at a loss or run a particular project or relationship or like whatever in your life at a loss with the idea that it will you will flip a switch at some point and it will be a massive success? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think it's super interesting to think about in terms of career choices mm-hmm. where, you know, attorneys... Um, you know, your whole field is very much, once you become a partner, then you're golden, right? You're making a ton of money. Life's great. Yeah. But, you know, accounting is another famous example where you have to put in the work for three, five, seven years before you flip that switch and become valuable again. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that's any career, right? <laughs> like that, that is any, probably most careers, right? Like you don't but, like... And I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit yeah. because my whole career was very much an analyst, but I'm still working 40 hours a week. Yeah. But I'm limited, right, on the top side of, mm. you know, maybe I become the VP and I'm mm. making, you know, good, decent money depending on the company. Yeah. But I never put in the sweat when I'm 21, 22 in order to mm. earn that higher upside. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's almost like the... 
the the like to a certain extent it is true that necessarily any career that you will start in you're going to start at the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. unless your father is the whatever whatever you know what i mean like yeah. um you you will start at the bottom of the totem, totem pole but the point you're making is that the the banding of outcomes between the bottom of the totem pole and the top of the totem pole is different in mm-hmm. different careers or different businesses or fields or projects or whatever and in some the bottom of the totem pole is really bad and you're going to work a ton of hours maybe not make a ton of money have a really terrible lifestyle and the and the top of the totem pole is like great mm-hmm. or at least we have the perception that it's great and you make a ton of money and have a much better lifestyle mm-hmm. whereas in other careers the top and the bottom aren't that different Mm-hmm. You know, exactly, it, and you know, obviously, there's differences and problems and stuff. But in terms of workload, I think if, you know, it's a, you can start making forty hours a week, and then you can end working forty hours a week. And sure, the work differs yeah. in between that, but it doesn't rapidly. You know, you don't. It doesn't get significantly easier as time progresses. Yeah, and yeah. I think. That can affect, depending on how you view that time progression, right? There are some people who are very afraid, you know, they want, they don't want to work at all. And they're like, well, let me just get a marketing analyst role and I'll work, you know, 40, you know, 35 to 45 hours a week yeah. and life will be No good. knock to marketing analysts. And again, well, our marketing hey, analysts. as someone who's dangerously close to them multiple times. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, but it's in terms of like, I work at a business and I yeah. get great benefits and I am going to be content here. Yeah. And they have a very narrow time horizon, right? Yeah. Where it's, I do not want to go through any discomfort at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe I'm thinking I'll work on a project for 15 days yeah. in order to benefit myself, but I'm not going to work for a year or five years. Yeah. As opposed to, we have a mutual friend who <laughs> wants to become a CFO mm-hmm. and he is willing to put in the work for a decade to achieve that dream at the end. And he has mm-hmm. a very long time horizon. And that, I think, is just kind of an interesting display yeah. to think about. Yeah. I, I wonder, though, if if some people would push back on that. If, and when I say that, what I mean is the idea that I am working an easier job. I'm just saying easier job because that's a, like a way to box it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, some people would push back on the idea that maybe I'm working an easier job now because I... I don't have a long-term time horizon. I wonder if there's there would be some pushback to that. Maybe the pushback is, uh, like, the goals that some people might have, being a CFO or whatever, aren't applicable to everybody. Yeah. And not everyone has those goals. And maybe people are solving for, and maybe this is a different way of saying exactly what we're saying, but maybe people are solving for the immediate term, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about, I mean... I don't want to make this too financy, right? But if you think about, like, <laughs> like the future should be discounted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the immediate should not be discounted. Yes. Meaning the immediate is, like, real and tangible. And what will happen tomorrow will necessarily affect me more than what's going to happen 25 years from now. Mm-hmm. Because it's tomorrow. And maybe some people are solving for that. Like, solving for the tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. And again, I... I don't want there to be a value judgment yeah. as someone who <laughs> doesn't, who want, who focused on working, have, or focused on having that strong work-life balance. Yeah. I for sure leaned in a very, 
you know, I, a very narrow horizon, right? I did not choose to be, you know, an accountant during busy season, a finance type, right? A yeah. stock investor on Wall Street where it's 80, 90, 100 hours a week. That just never interested me. Was that a conscious decision? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. I wanted to think about, I wanted, <laughs> I talk about my life a lot as a constrained optimization where Which I want is, to. As you should talk about your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and kind of so maximize is. enjoyment and fulfillment and salary subject to a strong work-life balance. Yeah. And I think and, and that's perfectly acceptable, right? Or like, I totally get that. And I totally yeah. see where people are coming from. Yeah. Because, too, you know, there's a lot of, like, I, I think a story that I heard once is that a buddy had some student loans, but he had some money left over, right? Yep. Coming out of college or grad school or whatever it was. And he decided to go travel across Europe, you know, take the three-month trip to Europe that every grad dreams about. Mm-hmm. And... There's a part in finance that's very, you know, or a kind of personal finance part that's like, hey, you should probably pay that money back towards your loans. But when are you ever going to be 21 in Europe again? Yeah. And you you never know what the future holds. You never know what's coming. But there is value to having those experiences now as the future should be properly discounted. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly it. I, I think that's exactly it. And yeah. some people have high discount rates and some people... Oh, they have low discount rates. Mm-hmm. Like how many people, you know, wanted to travel, but then COVID hit. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, I should have done X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. But they had a longer discount yeah. uh, time frame. Yeah, yeah. So how are you thinking about it now? Are you thinking... Because frankly, I think when... I mean, this is always something that's probably in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And psychology, now that we're talking about it, a bunch of things are clicking for me where this is a, like, I don't think it's a tired topic, but it's definitely a studied topic in psychology. Yeah. And there's this, I mean, it got popular recently again, like there's this like cookie or marshmallow experiment or whatever, yeah. or like the one <laughs> yep. cookie, two cookie thing for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's one idea. I, I remember in econ, I think it's funny enough, actually my like, thesis or dissertation or whatever we wrote our senior year was actually on this topic, which is so funny. I was just trying to look at my phone if I could find my, find my essay, but it was about, um, time preferences. I want to see if I can find the essay. It's about time preferences and how that affects outcomes for different groups. I think it's, it's getting at exactly what we're talking about. Um, the, like the key application that I talked about in my essay was, was education, right? Which seems like one of the, like the most crisp way to find this. Like you can, in high school, um, like drop out and whatever, get a job and start making money immediately versus playing out a career where you like stay in high school and go to college or maybe grad school and whatever and like going to debt and then like eventually it's just, it's just time preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see if I can dig up that essay, but Anyway, a bit of a side note, I, like rolling it forward to today, now that we have the context of what we just talked about in mind, and we have a bit of lived experiences where we've already started to make choices as far as education and career, um, as you think about the next, like, I don't know what, what it is, 40 years of your working life, maybe, mm-hmm. unfortunately, 30 to 40 years, and 60 to 70 years of your life life. How are you thinking about your own time preference? And I think, I, th- I think it's a great question. Yeah. 
And because I see, and you said something where, you know, it's 40 to 50 years of working left, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I think I said 30 to 40. 30 to 40. <laughs> I mean, maybe 40 to 50 is more realistic. Depending. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so, you know, again, not a novel observation that working long hours sucks. Yeah. Right. And working, <laughs> I always, I always joke where, you know, barring any activity, I'd much rather be eating brownies. Yeah. But it's like among the activities that are like productive, which one of those is the best? Yeah. Right. But nothing's ever going to be eating more brownies. brownies. Yeah. And I think, I think. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I have a, a crisp answer. Yeah. But I want to stay open. You know, I, I feel like I have a longer time preference now where I want to plan, the, you know, the next career, my current career, my next career mm-hmm. as a stepping stone for that career for careers later. Does that make sense? Kind of. Let me say it again. Elaborate. I want. I focus on every career to have those LinkedIn bullet points, mm. and I want to have like the good stories to tell in a job interview. Mm-hmm. Three job interviews from now. Ah. Okay. Okay. And so I tend to think wider out. Yeah. But is that how you you see like interrupt your thought? Is that how you keep time? Because I think that's probably an important. Um, assumption here that maybe everyone isn't grounded on the same way of keeping time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's an easy way to keep time in terms of years, but you said really interesting things there about keeping times in terms of careers. Like, you have three or four careers left, and it seems like you're keeping time in terms of career. And a subunit of that is keeping time in terms of bullet points on your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, like, is that how you're... Is that how you're keeping time? And I think... Very much in terms of like a job wise, yeah. You know, I, I don't divide my career in terms of years. Yeah. It's almost in terms of jobs. Yeah. You know, and those are varying lengths, one to three years so yeah. far. And I and I think that is sectioning those off in terms of like this is my job and I can yeah. think about a complete career and a job. That's interesting. Is how I'm thinking about that. But you're right where, you know, you think about like a fan, you know, you have a family time frame. Yeah. And like, what is that equivalent? You know, the top, everyone talks about the toddler years when you have kids. Yeah. But that is, you know, obviously, why not just count the years between two to five or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you're counting in careers. Uh, and I say it's interesting because if you think about how the concept of a career has changed for our generation mm-hmm. versus like our parents' generation mm-hmm. and more so for our grandparents' generation. Um, but if you think about your parents, they, I actually don't really remember what your parents do or their mm-hmm. whole career path, but if I had to venture a guess, like they've probably done one or two things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I look at my parents, like both of my parents have had, my father's had two careers, my mother's had one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's common for people of their generation. For people of our generation, you're literally talking about keeping time in careers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like things are changing at a much more rapid pace, right? Absolutely. And I, I, I think we both have a lot of flexibility, you know, jumping. Like, yeah. we both have switched careers to be on the opposite side of the country. Yeah. And, there, you know, there's a lot of movement kind of implicit early on. I think, you know, as we kind of grow, you know, stability is going to be an increasing factor. Mm-hmm. 
thinking about what that unit of time is is really interesting. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm pulling on this thread too hard, but the reason I think that's interesting is you said that you think you had a longer time horizon, but then you're thinking about time and intervals that are shorter than predecessor generations. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you square those in your mind? I would say, because I, I think about setting myself up for the future, you know, like a, a career or four careers later, or three yeah. careers later. Yeah. And so that's, I guess, how I'm kind of squaring that peg is I want to do things now that'll benefit myself whatever, you know, whatever that time period comes. You know, I could say five, ten years later when I'm in that job mm-hmm. or in that job interview. You know, that'd be an equivalent way to say that too. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think so. I guess I, I, I want to so. set myself up for that job that's five years later, right? When I'm interviewing <coughs> for that job seven, ten years later. And so do you have... Um, like a crisp view of what that job is? No. No, okay. absolutely not. So, so you, in your mind, you're just like, I want to set myself up for the job or career, three, four, five jobs or careers from now. Mm-hmm. But you don't really have an idea of what that is. Yeah. And I think I've, I have kind of two guiding principles as this, you know, turns into a job related uh, yeah. pot. But my two kind of questions are, I believe that life's, uh, you know, the basically the goal is a search for more interesting questions. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like yeah. that one. And it's a constant question of finding out what I don't like to do in hopes that I'll then figure out what I want to do. Yeah. So I'm, especially early, you know, relatively early on in the job career fair, I'm bi- more biasing myself towards change because it's easy for me to figure out, like, Oh, I work with clients. Well, that isn't what I like to do, right? Yeah. Okay, strike that off the list. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm doing, you know, a lot of data stuff. Oh, I like that, right? Let's circle that. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of regular reporting. Oh, cross that off the list. Yeah. And so I'm hoping those two kind of, you know, northern guiding stars mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of lights, guiding lights, yeah. will lead me to something that turns out, hey, I wake up 10 years later and I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Because it's a, you know, more interesting question and it, uh, (laughs) I've eliminated all the things I don't want to do from it, right? So I know to ask more questions as I get this experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I like, I like that way of thinking about it. The search for more interesting questions. Yeah. I like that. That's what we should title this episode. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I like that. I think I have similar but different like North Star principles Mm -hmm. and then I can talk about I guess how I think about time horizons which is I've never put it in the framework of like I'm making decisions based on time horizons or informed on time horizons really but I I think there is like de facto kind of a framework that I put it in anyway my my North Stars and I give this advice to like college kids and, and people earlier in their careers when I talk to them is like have North Star principles and kind of let those guide you and, and let everything else fall into place. I think my North Star principle is um, I want to be eventually and kind of always working towards a seat where I am in, am truly in charge of generating and executing on my own ideas. Mm. And that can take, take any, you know, form or shape or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, investing seems 
to me, with someone like my personality and skill set, like a natural or like a, you know, (laughs) easy is not the right word, but for lack of a better word, like an easy way to do that for someone like me. Um, I, I don't think I'm destined to be like an artist or, yeah. or like a designer or something like that. Is that like a natural fit? And that, like a fit. That's a better way to put it. Uh, more of a fit for someone like me. But if I can orient my life and career where, you know, every year, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, I will pick my head up and <clears throat> be in a, in a place or in a seat in, a, in an organization or by myself where I am in charge of you know, generating and executing my own ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's just what stimulates me most. Um, <laughs> that's my North Star. You you continue to make the point about a constrained optimization. Like, mm-hmm. I operate... I think everyone operates their life that mm-hmm. way. If they're rational, like, I'd operate my life that way. Also, like, I don't want to work all the time. I don't want to... I don't, <laughs> I don't want to slave away. Like, I don't want to travel across the world. Like, things like that that, yeah. that I am that are constraints on my optimization, but I think that's my North star. And I, I think the way I've oriented, um, like solving for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is taking a medium term time horizon on, on everything. I think, especially in my industry, you, you talk to people who are early in their career and they'll say things like, you know, don't worry about how much you get paid this year or don't worry about when you get promoted or don't worry about whatever. It's all about the long, long, long term. Mm -hmm. And I can understand why they say that because at a lot of seats in investing or finance or or like adjacent industries, you can pick your head up in in a long time and like you'll be all right. But I found that if you have that mentality, you will ignore a lot of very important things in the short term or not give them as much attention as they should get. And to the point we are making earlier about discounting, like I care very much about how much I get paid this year Mm -hmm. because I have a – like it's happening soon and there's not going to be a big like, you know, time value money discount applied to my next paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I found like that's the only different thing that I've noticed to me versus my peers is I actually think I have a shorter time horizon than a lot of people. That's really interesting. I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about my next comp cycle, my next promotion cycle, my next whatever. Mm-hmm. When I think a lot of people are thinking that'll fall into place. I want to think about 10 years down the line where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking that way. And I, it sounds, again, not, not to put words in your mouth, yeah. but what I'm hearing is that you're more motivated towards growth in the company. And I think, I don't, it almost kind of sounds defeatist where it's very much like, what will be, will be in terms of my comp cycle. And yeah. it's like, well, that doesn't seem like a great way to live your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, especially when it's like tangible quality of life differences. Yeah. Right, like an extra uh, whatever, you know, an extra yeah. chunk of money now yeah. greatly affects my life now. And then, you know, every year down the line as I'm getting promoted according to this now higher comp cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Comp I, percentage. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um I think that's fair. But but then again, like you look around and think the people who achieve really extraordinary things mm-hmm. and when we first started the conversation we talked about Bezos and Netflix and whatever, the people who achieve extraordinary things probably don't have my mindset, if mm-hmm. you really think about it. They're probably not thinking about, when I say medium term, I mean like three years. Yeah. You know, like three, five years max. I'm thinking like three years out. They probably don't think that way. They're probably thinking 10, 12, 15 years out. 
And I guess the question I posed to, to you and to, to me is like, maybe it seems like you're thinking a bit longer term though. Mm-hmm. Maybe the question I posed myself is like, should I be thinking much, much, much longer term mm-hmm. if I want to achieve outcomes that even resemble those kinds of outcomes? Yeah. And I think... And another example as you were talking, uh, Elon Musk, you know, where he started off making the Roadster and then that eventually worked its way more and more downstream over the 10 or 15 years or whatever it was to, you know, a more affordable electric car for the masses. Yeah. And I think the big kind of asterisk I'd say, you know, to answer your question in terms of should you be thinking longer is that a lot of these people all started and built their own thing. Mm-hmm. And my impression would be like, if you're an entrepreneur, there's, you know, you thinking about like software, mm. you want to build, right? So you come out with your MV, your minimal viable product, right? Your MVP. Yeah. And it does this. And then you layer on top of that, you know, another thing, right? Yeah. And then here's another feature. And then 10 years down the line, you seem unsaleable. Or yeah. 20 years down the line, or... Jeff Bezos moving to a chairman role like yeah. 27 years down the line. Yeah. It's, you know, an impenetrable moat. Yeah. But that started because you wanted to build something over yeah. time. I just don't think it is the same thing in terms of a career. Like, I think you That's have to point. be, if you want to grow, yeah. you have to be biased towards growth or you're yeah. going to be... And, and there's so much chance for, like, too much time spent in one role to be yeah. detrimental. Yeah. It's like, well, they've been an analyst for five years... Why haven't they been promoted That's yet? a good point. That's a good point. you got to kind of know what, like, jungle gym you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and an entrepreneur who's starting something completely novel and new is playing in a different jungle mm-hmm. gym. And there's different rules which guide, like, who becomes king of the jungle mm-hmm. versus we were talking about one of the big casinos earlier. Like, if mm-hmm. you played in that jungle gym, which is different than the one that I'm in, different than the one you're mm-hmm. in now, but if you played in that, like, you kind of need to orient differently. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's like, like, put it better. If I were to, you know, try and build the next Twitter or Facebook, right? It's like, well, they do this, and they have direct messaging, and mm. they have this feature and that feature. Yeah. It's like, well, no, you need to, you know, really get one feature and maybe even zoom down to a subset of those users, right? Yeah. And then you say to yours or LinkedIn, right? Yeah. LinkedIn's a great beating. <laughs> You know, it's not a great product by any means, so I can beat up on it a little bit. But you don't say, like, hey, I want to do everything LinkedIn does. Yeah. You want to do a subset of the thing LinkedIn does very well for a subset of the users. Yeah. And then as time progresses, you can build understanding that your vision is to be, you know, a better LinkedIn 15 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I think think the question that I was going to ask that flows from this which I think we've kind of asked, so maybe it's not worth bringing up, but the, the question I was going to ask is, is how long do you run at a loss? And I'm using that analog because I think that's, um, that's like relevant to Uber or Amazon or whatever, or like yeah. any startup, like you will necessarily run at a loss mm-hmm. while you build your MVP. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, you know, the, the analog here is your career, like, you're going to run at a loss and what that means is not make a ton of money not have a ton of sleep whatever um, eventually for some outcome H- how long do you run at a loss before you switch gears yeah I, yeah and, and I mean you were kind of grappling with this kind of 
um, when we were talking about the career thing and like there's maybe a new job on the horizon but you haven't been your current job for so long mm-hmm. and look I think calling it running at a loss is is too exaggerated like mm-hmm. that's hyperbole for, for where you are now but I think the, the concept is applicable right yeah and I think we've very much kind of honed in on a job yeah but you know you can have a time horizon in terms of like your fitness yeah. right where you're like oh I want to have a great body when I'm 50 alright so what do I need to do now have the green smoothie, less brain, you know, all the yeah. health stuff. And, you know, I want to be, right, I want to have a good family relationship when I'm 50. Okay, so what do I need to do now? Spend time with the family, you know, yeah. call your brother every week, whatever. But I think in terms of jobs, and yeah, loss means, you know, it's it gets a little strained because you're not losing money. Yeah. But kind of, right? Because if, you know, if you're saying, I want to be... I'm, I'm going to make up numbers, right? Yeah. I could be an accountant making, you know, 20 grand a year, right? Yeah. I'll make them ridiculous. Yeah. But in order to have a chance at being partner 15 years later, where yeah. I'll be making a million dollars. Again, ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Or I could be, uh, you know, I'll use a, not to beat up on marketing analysts, yeah. but, you know, I'll, I'm going to be a business analyst yeah. and make 40, 50, 60 a year, yeah. right? And just be content, right? Yep. Or a programmer, right? Is the canon- canonical come out and make a lot of money roll. Yep. You know, you make even more money. And I don't know. I think if I were to execute such a plan, I would need, I would want guideposts. And so to say, what all do right. You mean by that? Yeah. So I'd say, Hey, I want to achieve this 10 years out, right? I'm going into this with a strong time horizon, but in order to do so, I want to have this goal checked off by year two yeah. and this goal checked off by year four. Mm-hmm. And so that could be, again, making up a business hierarchy. Yeah. All right, so I want to be partner in 10 years. Yeah. And I'm the coming as an analyst. And so in order to do that, I need to be senior analyst in two yeah. years, a manager by year four, and yeah. a senior manager by year six, yeah. and then get lucky, yeah. right? I mean, you're, what you're saying makes sense. But it's different than what you are talking about earlier, right? Like you were talking about... I guess this seems different than like having North Star principles and like yeah. working towards them. These are like tangible checkpoints, mm-hmm. which I don't think neither you nor I really said that we had when we were at least describing our own philosophies, right? Or, or do you think I got that wrong? I would. Or are your checkpoints like the bullet points, like your, your LinkedIn resume mm-hmm. bullet points? I would say that I have, I don't have them as clearly defined, Yeah. but I have a sense of progress with yeah, how so. I want my career to go. Where it's not like, oh, I need to be manager by next year. But I would find it difficult to take another analyst role. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Unless if it's like a stupendous analyst role or if I'm moving and, you know, a job's a job, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I That's where I would really struggle. Do you think you should have more tangible goals? If I wanted to achieve VP. Yeah. It, and like I had this very deep need to achieve VP. Yeah. Then I'd say yes. But I think that's kind of where my lack of idealization of a career in 15 years, where that kind of comes back to bite me is like right now, I'm kind of, call it meandering, right? And I'm like, I have a vague sense of progress, but then sometimes I scoot to the other direction and then sometimes I want to do this other thing. And so it's not really a straight line, right? And that's the benefit of having that clear goal in that crystallized plan, that's what that gets you is that uh, kind of clarity of purpose. Mm-hmm. Where here I'm like, 
I'm, I'm more interested in kind of my North Stars, yeah. if that makes sense. I think a lot of people for our generation are, are going to think that way, though. And are going, I, I think just by listening to the way you talk about it, it seems like you think that this kind of meandering is like a temporary thing, mm-hmm. almost. And then eventually you stop meandering, you find something you really like, and then you're going to try to climb the proverbial ladder of whatever that is. Um, if I had to guess, I think a lot of people are going to, even if it looks like from the outside that they're climbing a ladder, they feel like they're meandering mm-hmm. still, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think it's so much easier when you look back. Yeah. And I, you know, for our dear listeners, all of them, <laughs> the one million. so many, um, I would recommend look at someone's LinkedIn. And again, I think not to focus too heavily on a job, yeah. you know, on the job side of it, but you look at anyone's LinkedIn and I've found that they're changing jobs, at least in the fields that I dabble in and the people I talk to and interact with. Two or three years. I'd, I'd even say like a year. And, oh, yeah. and they're changing, maybe they're in the same company, mm. but they're changing careers one to four years. Mm. And, you know, I read Bob Iger's biography. Mm. And he was changing careers about every year to three years. Yeah. Even as a, you know, VP of, you know, whatever network they own. Yeah, and that, you know, even as the VP of ABC, and it's yeah. like, oh, he was there for a year, and now he's an SVP. Yeah, and I think a lot of this leaping will look back and make a lot of sense to us, but it's you know hard when you're in the middle of it to look forward and say, oh, you know, this is the right career, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to bias towards my north print, my uh, north star. guiding stars, my north stars, I'm trying to bias towards that and action. Yeah, and I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that the that that leads to an optimal goal, you know, four years down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this comes back to kind of one of the ideas that we wanted to get out with the podcast. One of the central ideas is, is where are you getting the most leverage? Mm-hmm. And if I thought about, for me, like my current uh, seat mm-hmm. and why in this very moment I don't feel um, like a huge interest or pressure to leave... Mm-hmm. is because like I feel like there's a lot of remaining like embedded leverage in my currency Got and it. leverage in terms of progression and working towards those north stars mm-hmm. and for any person that can take a number of forms and it has personal forms for me it's like how much people are investing in you and like interest in your own career and like exposure and blah 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 and and like for whatever way, like the, the reason I'm calibrated, I feel like I can, I, I'm like getting those things. Um, and I don't feel like I'm going to look, but I, I, I guess the question is like, should you be constantly reevaluating and looking for where you're going to get the most leverage, whatever that means for you mm-hmm. or, or not, you know? Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll even say like, I, I, I was reading an article or something, but they were like, on one hand, you know, the advice in the article was to at least informationally interview yearly so you can kind of just pull the room, right? See uh, what comps, you know, what the salaries look like and the packages, see what kind of careers are out there. But then, you know, if you always are leaving to chase that extra five grand, you're going to burn a lot of bridges. Exactly. And I think, and, and people can tell, right? I think there's a lot of movement. We were talking earlier about how COVID is kind of the t- pass for 2020 in yeah. terms of weird career moves. Yeah. And 20, early 2021. 21, yeah. But I think, you know, if you're hopping every six months, 
that kind of looks a little weird, right? Yeah. And so there's always that balance of, you know, what are you optimizing for in that mm. sense? And, you know, kind of, again, the time horizons. Yes, you're giving up that short-term, you know, small bump in, uh, yeah. com- you know, compensation. Yeah. But you have the potential to get promoted to a better role six months later, mm-hmm. which will lead you down this whole other career path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it almost seems like there's a problem embedded within a problem, right? Like, you... You want to have your North Star principles that guide you long term, mm-hmm. and you can like frame big picture goals around those. Mm-hmm. There's also immediate decisions that you need to make every six months, and maybe you'll get a job offer, a recruiter knocking on the door every six months, and you need to be able to decide if that, if moving or making a change. Um, I, I I don't know the right way to phrase this, but like if making a change gets you closer to your North Star, mm-hmm. um, or if it doesn't, that's like the obvious question, but but the like more meta thing you're talking about is if you do that repeatedly and independently you think every decision moves you closer to your North Star, but taken together, like you, you're kind of not landing anywhere when you, when you look back and think, man, I've had six jobs in the past three years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 100% where... You have to, you have to like find a balance, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you know, one de- the decisions, one after the other might seem to be the best one. Yeah. But taken together, we're kind of restating what you said. Exactly. It is, uh, doesn't paint a great picture. Yeah. So what should we do? Yeah, right. What should, like, are, are, are we doing anything wrong? I wouldn't say we're doing anything wrong, right? Could we do anything better? That, well, now, that, let's yeah. open the book, right? Yeah. I would say, in terms of practicality, and I mean, we've talked a lot about jobs here, because I, yeah. I, I think it's one of the more, more interesting versions of this. Yeah. But you could say, right, like, what does my time horizon look in terms of, you know, a job very much is like, uh, what type of, you know, payoff are you willing to, are you willing to put off for a longer period? Yeah. Right? But there's finance, and there's, you know, fitness, as I talked about, and there's other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, independent of the, you know, getting back to kind of one of our cores of trade-offs. But I think you need everything, right? You need your North Stars. You need your guideposts to make sure that you're crossing whatever boundaries you want to seek. Yeah. And the clearer you can make that goal, the better off you are. Yeah. As long as you're happy, too, right? Like. So you, so you think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. reading it back to you, you think you should, you should have guideposts. Yeah. And you should also have, sorry, I wanted to say you should have North Stars first. Yeah. And then you should also have guideposts, which are more concrete. Yeah. And maybe talking about like in terms of different time horizons. Yeah. My North Star is my, where do I want to end up in 20 years? Yeah. My guidepost is kind of the, the, uh, (laughs) you know, the breadcrumbs that lead Mm. me there. Yeah. And so, you know, certainly, and, and maybe they're more concrete goals. And so, like, a North Star is, like, you know, life's a search for more interesting questions. Yeah. And, you know, it's my guy. The decision, then, is, like, well, you know, a VP's full of uninteresting questions, right? Yeah. Do I want to do that? Yeah. And that's kind of, that is a a question, you know? And the closer I can come to, like, honing that, I think the better. Hmm. But, I I don't know. I I also wonder if, I I think we take... uh, 
So reading Steve Jobs, you know, Steve yeah. Jobs took all these classes in college, like calligraphy. Yeah. It didn't make any sense at the time. But only when he, you know, was building the Mac, he's yeah. like, oh, hey, let's make it look good. And I can draw on this calligraphy knowledge. Yeah. So I also try not to look at it too deeply or try mm. to plan it too carefully. Yeah, I'm in that boat. Yeah, because you never know, like, what will happen five, you know, what'll, you know, five years down the line, you're like, oh, hey, I'm really glad I had the experience doing X that I yeah. could draw upon. I think the things that don't make sense in the moment, mm-hmm. those are the things that you can look back on and think those make sense retrospectively. Yes. The things that are planned and linear in the moment, like getting a promotion to VP or manager or whatever, those, I don't think typically are the things that people look back at and think, wow, that allowed me to start Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Like, those were the linear things, and by virtue of it being linear, you know where they lead. Mm-hmm. With something like calligraphy or, like, learning to speak Portuguese, like, this is, it's not linear, and you don't, you don't know where that skill leads, and there's a huge possibility that it leads nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also opens a possibility... Uh, to the fact that it leads somewhere. Yeah. I'm thinking just about myself and personally, like I, I think now, um, especially kind of after having this conversation, I think that I should probably reorient to be a bit longer term in, in maybe even my guideposts and, and maybe my North stars also. Um, because if I like, think about the North Star and think about like the type of outcomes that would be really cool to achieve. I, I think those take some like long-term building. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think having like a, a more medium-term mindset maybe doesn't necessarily get me there. And and that mindset kind of precludes some of these like, I don't know what we want to call them, like non-linear activities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I don't know, we've been doing, like, this podcast is kind of non-linear in a sense, right? Like, learning the DJ is non-linear, like, I don't know where that's going, like, stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, like, I kind of think, like, if I want to do other cool stuff, then maybe I should just do other cool stuff and see where it goes. Yeah, and I think, you know, not to, again, for the listener, yeah. we are very much not saying don't negotiate your salary, yeah. right? Squeeze them for all they're worth. Yeah. We're not saying don't have hobbies. Those are an important part to being human. Yeah. Uh, we are both very much pro-hobby. Yeah. But I think my example for you would be if you want to, like, start your own firm and invest yeah. 20 years down the line, maybe it would be, you know, starting up something public where you can point to then 20 years down the line and say, Hey, look, I started this in 2021 and I have this track record of great ideas and like great, yeah. you know, yes, I didn't have the money to invest, yeah. but I, you know, wrote or talk, you know, talked on this podcast yeah. about what I think is a great investment yeah. or maybe not this podcast, but like another podcast, yeah. but had this place to say, Hey, here's now an asset that I'm building that can lead me to better success in the future. Yeah. I think that's right. I think like investing is a straw man, right? Like for for me, yeah. And it just investing, is, yeah, investing is a medium for ideas, just like yeah. anything else would be. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that's probably I think that's probably right. Um, and I think the, just to rephrase a little bit what you're saying, like I think hobbies in my mind are the non-linear things that could lead you to something interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends how you look at them, right? Like, yeah, you can look at a hobby as like just pure relaxation or as something that 
like something you learn and something you do that, that could lead you somewhere. Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But you enjoy it in the meantime. Exactly. And I think this podcast being the great example of, you know, we both enjoy it. We both enjoy doing it. Yeah. Sure. Would we like to get job offers from Apple? Or sure. would we like to get job offers from Elon Musk's, you know, his Mars colony? 100%, right? I don't want to live on Mars. I think I'm good here. Okay. Well, maybe that's... I'll just go. Yeah, you, know, you, you just go. Skype, Skype won't have... Or Zoom won't have any lag you yeah. know, between here and Mars. You know, and I think just being comfortable with those range of outcomes is yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think one other quote that I very much enjoy that popped into my head as we were talking about this was that an analyst, uh, you know, a market analyst wrote on Twitter where he's like, the worst thing you can do is have a five-year plan and realize the world's completely shifted under your feet. Yeah, I've seen that quote, yeah. Hey, very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's relevant, real. Mm-hmm. And there's so much value, you know, and I, I think as we say, like, have guideposts and have North Stars, whatever that path of your life looks like, make sure to have that flexibility. Yeah. Because... God, you know, God, an- analytics was nasian when I was in college, mm-hmm. right? And if I was like, oh, I want to go do data science for, you know, retail industries, they weren't ready for it at the yeah. time. Yeah. But it's only kind of by wading into it now that yeah. I then see yeah. um, the value of that. Yeah. And, and thinking more broadly, like, it's the same point, but harping back to the hobbies and, and like, having a non-linear life, if you have your blinders on which is having a five-year plan and not adjusting that five-year plan, mm-hmm. then then you're going to miss things, right? Like, you're just, like, retail wasn't ready for you, but if you were like, I'm going to do whatever data science looked like eight years ago mm-hmm. or ten years ago, when you're thinking about a career and you're like, I'm going to do this and that's it, and I'm going to set all my guideposts and all my goals for this, then you would have had your blinders on and you would have not probably made some inter- more interesting decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in, especially in terms of technology, right? The technology landscape's always changing. Yeah. And I'd be using Java <laughs> for the two people out there listening who get this joke. Yeah. You know, I'd be using Java and hating my life instead yeah. of using Python now and yeah. being significantly better off. That means nothing to me. I know, like I said. You're using a coffee or a snake. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. Let me tell you, man. Programming a buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> While we were talking, I was thinking, I try to end these episodes with, like, what's the takeaway? Yeah. What's my action item? What am I going to do? I'm not sure I have that, but I, I'm starting to think that's okay. Yeah. I think, like, hopefully people can listen to this and be like, this is maybe an interesting way of thinking about it. Or maybe I didn't think about my own time horizon or, or like, how the structure by which I'm constructing my goals. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that just might get the juices flowing for some people. Yeah. And I think one, I think point we keep coming back to is that the, no framework is ever perfect for thinking about your life. Yeah. But the more frameworks we put in there, the better we have to asking and kind of answering more interesting questions. Right. And thinking about your life as a constrained optimization, thinking about your North stars, thinking about your guideposts. I speaking to my friend, the listener again, I would hate for you, the listener, to be thinking like, oh, I have none of these. Yeah. And I've never thought about this. Yeah. And I'm kind of just, you know, meandering through with no, yeah. not even the hint of a kind of flexible plan. Yeah. I, I would, the one thing I added to that is I think there may be a population of listeners, hopefully not that big, but mm-hmm. if you are, that's okay. 
who, who feel that way. Like, ah, I have no guidepost, no plan, no North Star, like, whatever. I mean, I'm floating in the ether. I think that's okay. I don't think there's any reason to feel bad about that. I think for the more likely population listeners that is a little more like you and me, probably more like me, which is, like, paranoid, anxious, type <laughs> A, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hyper-practical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the most important takeaway for me is is like thinking about this Bill Gates story that you told and and me putting that in the box of non-linear experiences mm-hmm. and how those often lead you to more interesting things versus linear experiences like you know where they lead you mm-hmm. um, like leaning into those like if you are if you are a planner type A career driven person like look around at some of the people you admire and like think about what kind of non-literary experiences they've had and how that has, like, behooved them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'd say... All right, and to add maybe the sprinkles on top of the Sunday, lie, you know, there's always trade-offs too present with all of these, right? Where you might have something that gets you closer to that North Star and follows your guideposts, but it's a quality of life worse in terms of, oh, you might have to go into the office more often, or you might have to, you know, put up with some crap for six months, right? Yeah. Work an awful project, you know, long work hours, right? Uh, and when I worked at a grocery store company, there was a lot of, hey, you're going to spend the next six months opening up, or, you know, opening up these 14 stores, right? Yeah. And it's super time intensive, super difficult. Yeah. Um, can't even imagine. But that got that person, you know, prestige of the company, right? And so it's all, you know, no, I know that I can't, as long as you're picking those trade-offs with a, a clear head and you're thinking to yourself, well, hey, I don't want to advance, you know, I'm not going to choose this thing that might advance my career because I want to spend more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Perfectly respectable oh, yeah. and perfectly acceptable, right? The constrained optimization. Yeah. And that is just what's important, but I'd challenge you to really clarify what that is to you and have those North Stars where if it is family time, then at least you're making all of those decisions very purposely. Yeah. I love it. Man. This was good. I loved it. I think we we land the plane. We landed the plane. I feel really great about it. Good. Um, Before we take off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shaving. shaving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what is yak shaving here? Is there yak shaving? (laughs) I'd say... With this, there's always... I, I think back to over-planning. Yeah. Right? Where it's very much... I imagine my... You know, as you can tell, right? I'm not planning much of anything. Yeah. But I would say if you are over Like, hey, every three months I need to hit these objectives. Yeah. I would not call that a purposeful use of your time. Um, yeah. Or, and again, feel free to write in if... You know, that could be proven otherwise. If that's worked for you, I would love, absolutely love to hear it. Hear from you, yeah. Um, but that would be my my attempt is, you know, yeah. making sure to, you know, stay flexible. And that rigidity is often purposeless, I would yeah. deem. What about you, anything? I, I think that's, that's kind of exactly what I would have said. Mm-hmm. Um, and having too many goals sometimes or too crisp of goals yes. in a constantly changing world is kind of setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Like you should have some goals, but if you say, 
by next week I'm gonna blah 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 like you'll set yourself up for failure and you'll be discouraged and, and whatever so I, I, I think that's I think that's it I, I think the other the other thing that I'd say which is probably obvious is like don't be too nonlinear mm-hmm. um, and maybe there's a better way to put it than nonlinear but I kind of yeah. like that is like if you are truly all over the place and you just have too many hobbies but or too many side hustles if you will mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have a main hustle, then I, I think it's it's gonna look look like a like a like a patchwork, but not a painting. You know yes. what I mean? Oh, and, I love that. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. off top. Um, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so so you should just make sure it, it, don't set too many goals, but 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 set some. Yeah, and, and don't don't be too all over the place, but like have a little bit of all over the place. Yeah. I would, I would say think back to our entrepreneurs who realized that anything good takes time, yeah. right? Um, I, I've been reading a lot about kind of the indie hackers and like people who start their own small business. In the first year, they make no money. Yeah. And you're like, the first year, yeah. right? 365 days and yeah. no cash. No money. And it's only year two, year three, year four. If that. Yeah, if that, again, survivorship bias, yeah. right? Where they're slowly layering on more features and kind of massaging that product market fit, yeah. are they able to really then take it and run with it? And if you think about, we've harped on this too many times now, but if you think about that on a personal level, for yeah. a single sole proprietor, mm-hmm. that makes sense and that like resonates and has some like shock value to it. It's like, ah, one year, two years, I could have no money. If you think about that same concept on an enterprise basis mm-hmm. with the examples that we've beat into the ground like Amazon and Uber and whatever, these companies have gone years and ye- mm-hmm. like year after year after year and or maybe decades mm-hmm. of not making anything. Like mm-hmm. no cash generation. Absolutely. But the flip side of that is they those are the companies nowadays that are, are the biggest enterprises. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to really build on something and Understand that it will. Anything good takes time. Yeah. 